Welcome to Women and Worldviews podcast. I am your host, Dr. Katherine Lowe, professor of religious studies and chaplain at a small university in the Shenandoah Valley in Virginia. And often I experience how young women mean to live and work in a religiously pluralistic world. One of those young women is here with me today. Her name is Madeline. Hi, Madeline. Hi, Dr. Lowe. Madeline is a history major and a philosophy minor. She's finishing her degree, a 2017 graduate. Congratulations. Thank you. So, Madeline, describe the religion of your childhood. Do you still practice the same things you did as you were a child? So, I was definitely brought up in an eclectic pagan household. My parents were upfront, and I think it helped that we had a group of close family friends to practice with who were also really understanding. And as a child, I didn't like to practice in ritual. I thought it was weird. When I came of age to have speaking parts, I got embarrassed to speak in front of people, and really uncomfortable. But I also really liked watching and partaking in the common practices, such as passing wine, eating bread, dancing around the maypole. But I was just really uncomfortable with speaking roles. When I think back on those days, I realized it was because I wasn't sure that I believed what everyone else did. And when you're a kid, you kind of somehow end up with that belief that religion, faith, worldview is a one-size-fits-all model, and you think that everyone's beliefs had to be the same. But currently, I do practice and celebrate the traditional holidays, and my belief has become more personalized, which I've learned is perfectly okay. We don't have that close group of family friends that came together all the time when we lived back where I used to live, but we do still hold rituals with the friends we do have in the current area that we live in right now, which is really nice. You described some pagan rituals and holidays. What is your favorite pagan holiday and why? That's a really hard question, actually, because there are three big ones. Uh, I'd have to choose between Samhain and Beltane, although Yule's right up there. Those three holidays are all really interconnected also, which probably is why it's such a tough decision. I like to think of Samhain as a pagan's Thanksgiving, even though it takes place between October 31st and November 1st. We celebrate the harvest, we have this big dinner, we remember those who have passed on in the year, and it's a really great time. My tradition has always been to eat a big Samhain feast at midnight, complete with a ritual, of course, and I like the sense of family gathering and togetherness that comes with Samhain. But Beltane is probably my favorite holiday. It's a May Day festival. We have a Maypole, which is tradition. My family always eats dessert before dinner, which is probably a way to make it more interesting to me as a kid, honestly, because <laughs> what's better than dessert before dinner when you're a child? Mm -hmm. But because we believe Beltane is a joyous and fun day to kind of do things differently, I think is also another reason we have that tradition of dessert before dinner. But Beltane is always a happy day filled with laughter and fun, and I just really like the Maypole. It's fun. Describe the Maypole. What exactly is that? Beltane's a celebration of life, and it's the final phase of spring planting, which you then celebrate that harvest in Samhain. But the Maypole is usually made from a pine tree. It's a long, really tall pole that ribbons are attached at the top. They're traditionally white or red, white symbolizing usually the goddess, red the god, but you can change the ribbons up. It's part of this whole idea of just eclectic, make it your own kind of model for paganism. You have men and women all kind of dance around it, weaving the ribbons in and out, and it forms this really pretty braided pattern. And when you look, like I said, thousands of years ago, it's a huge fertility thing. And it's all about creating like a space to welcome fertility and pregnancy and rebirth. We don't really make it like that in my family. Nobody really needs to get pregnant at the moment. We're not praying fertility of the body, more like fertility of life and fertility of the harvest. Uh, we make it more about strength and luck and positive energy and this hope for abundance. The Maypole and Beltane Festival are also really about welcoming back spring. 
and we've kind of made it out of the cold winter. So how is it easy to practice your worldview and your culture, in, in our culture, but what hinders you also? So I find it really easy because of how personal my worldview is and can be. It's really internal. Uh, paganism isn't a one-size-fit-all model. It can be customized to fit you and your beliefs and your comfort level. And there are different branches of paganism that different people are drawn to if you just kind of study and look into what you like about it. My really good thing that I, I really like is I can practice almost anywhere. Anywhere can be like a space. You can kind of do a circle anywhere. You can say a prayer anywhere think of energy anywhere. What hinders practice is in the modern day, everyone's so busy, especially if you're in college. Everyone is really busy. It's difficult with modern day scheduling to find a time when a group of people can get together and have a ritual, especially because with Beltane and Samhain and Yule, usually those are done on specific days. Very specific, like May 1st for Beltane, Yule is usually December 21st, and Samhain is usually between the night of October 31st and the morning of November 1st, and those are specific days. What stereotypes do you encounter in the classroom or during extracurricular activities about being pagan, and how do you challenge those stereotypes? So I think being a commuter student, I'm really fortunate that I've yet to encounter someone actively using a negative stereotype to refer to my belief in college. In the past, it was usually, as a kid, being called a Satanist or a witch or told I was going to hell because I didn't believe in God, which isn't isn't true. That's a huge misconception. But luckily, being a commuter student, I don't have the dorm life, which could have possibly led to more negative stereotypes. If I am in a class where we talk about different religions and worldviews, people have a more open mind or I sometimes choose actively to not talk about it because I don't want to offend people. But the only stereotype I really encounter here in college has been more of a misunderstanding. People consider me a Wiccan at times, but I don't identify as one. And that's simply me and how I've been raised. And if you say that you practice magic or believe in multiple gods or practice and celebrate different holidays, people tend to label you as a Wiccan because in popular media and culture, that's kind of the term that's developed. But I'm not a Wiccan and I strongly don't think I will ever think of myself as one and I definitely don't right now. And so I, that's a common misconception and I try to be patient when explaining how my beliefs differ from Wiccanism and how I didn't just hear about it on the television or in a book and decide that I wanted to explore it. That's kind of I was raised in with this worldview and I've discovered it on my own. Speaking of labels and oh. identifications, uh, <laughs> how do you understand your identity as a woman in your worldview? It's all about balance of two of the two entities, man, woman, God, goddess, light, dark. It's all about balance. You can't have one over the other with paganism and most of the rituals even. You can't have that imbalance. It's all about achieving harmony. And so you need both to flourish, especially during ritual. And I've never once thought that as a woman, I couldn't do anything in my worldview that a man can do and vice versa. I've never thought that a man can't do something that I can do. And I actually like being a woman because women are seen as equally powerful to men and there isn't much of a sense of discrimination unless you go with the one size fits all model and your specific group of people believe in that, which then that's your choice. That's you customizing it to fit with what you believe. But personally, my group of people, we don't believe in a hierarchy or a patriarchy or a matriarchy. And so I understand myself as strong and equal as a woman instead of any other way. You've worked a lot in interfaith engagement these last four years in college. Coupled with your interfaith engagement, how has getting a college education challenged or and or strengthened your worldview? So the college education has really opened my eyes that not everyone is narrow-minded when it comes to faith and worldview. Also that we can all get along and exist 
peacefully within the college classroom setting. Uh, one of my favorite things about my college education is that it has instilled a deeper appreciation and almost a reaffirmation of my beliefs. I wouldn't say I've had my worldview challenged at all simply because I came in knowing I believe what I do and believing in this worldview and living it. If anything, college has opened my eyes to how people within those other worldviews can get along. So it's not like I feel like I've been challenged in different interfaith dialogues or conversations, but that I have found a deeper understanding of the similarities and sometimes the differences between my worldview and another's. Soon to graduate with a degree in history, what is it about history that interests you? So history, I really like because it's deep and full of information. You can learn about almost everything you can discover more information and do research about, specifically historical research, about different worldviews and similarities there. I like to find out information about specific events or time periods. Historians have always been looking to answer that question of why. Why did something happen? Why did this person come into power? And I find myself, honestly, when I learn about a historical period in time, wondering that as well. Why did this happen? And I personally enjoy finding primary sources and being able to learn about what happened from the perspective of what we consider ordinary people, people who weren't constantly in the spotlight or in power. And I really think history is important and needs to be understood by everybody because it provides depth and insight into why things are the way that now. Where did those systems that are in place now come from? And nothing happens in a vacuum and historians really work hard to show the world that. I also really enjoy kind of using history to disprove fake news and being kind of a fact checker <laughs> since we're in the era of fake news now. <laughs> what historical eras or movements relate to how you understand yourself now? What are your favorite? Oh my gosh. <laughs> well, before this year, I would have simply answered this question that the aftermath of the Russian Revolution and the uncertainty of what would happen in the rebuilding of Russia, not as an empire, but as a state, really influenced how I was as a person. Before, if anyone asked me, what's your favorite historical event? Russian Revolution, it was really interesting. That's all you would have gotten out of me. Um, I would say that I was in a place of change and development, kind of similar to that uncertainty and change that came out of the Russian Revolution. But now that I finished my senior year, I would consider the Cold War era in the context of searching for truth to be how I understand myself. When you look at the Cold War era, it was communism versus capitalism. Well, look what we did. My horse is bigger than your horse kind of mindset. And looking as a Cold War historian at what was really true or what wasn't true or what was propaganda and what wasn't is really interesting and kind of shapes how I think of myself right now, especially with this era, like I said, of fake news and searching for the truth there. I'd also say exploring the history of the civil rights movement has contributed to how I understand myself as a woman and possibly a potential activist. Seeing the parallels between the civil rights movement in the 50s and 60s and now has made me realize that we could still use more activism and maybe things need to change still and progress further. And I think that's really influenced how I see myself, especially when I handle fake news and other conflicts in the world right now. I'm proud to report you have been accepted into grad school. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so what do you want to happen with your worldview after you leave college and on into the future? So I'm hoping that my worldview will continue to grow stronger and that it will continue to develop and change with me as I continue my journey. If we all remained the same or we all remained stagnant, the world would be really boring, honestly. We need growth and change and development. And I'm hoping that my worldview will develop into a more prominent part of me. Right now, it's pretty internal. I don't go around telling everybody about it. I prefer to keep it internal because you never know 
what someone's reaction will be. And I'm really worried about how people will perceive me or if it will change their perception of me, judgment and negative opinions and stereotypes. I don't want that to be the first thing people think about me. Whereas I kind of want it to develop into something that is more external where people realize it, but they don't think of me completely differently in a negative way. Um, This might be challenging, though, since I plan to attend a Catholic university for graduate school. We'll see what happens. Maybe I'll find a way to meld some beliefs in Catholicism with my own worldview and create something new within myself along the way. Well, good luck with everything, and thank you for being here, Madeline. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. I value the diversity of the young women with which I work and how they construct worldviews for themselves. And the worldviews they express are their own. Thank you for joining us.